Hello, I'm Ed Needham, editor of the fabulous literary magazine Strong Words, and this is my podcast, The Five Rules of Writing. In each episode, I speak to a most excellent writer in a particular genre about how they do it. And if you'd like to know more about Strong Words, and specifically how to subscribe, go to www.strong-words.co.uk and you'll be whisked straight to the website. Hello and welcome to The Five Rules of Writing, brought to you by Strong Words magazine. Now this is a podcast where I talk to writers about the five things they know to be true in writing, whatever it is that they write for a living. So whether they spend their days writing plays about taxidermists or trying to turn Bohemian Rhapsody into a graphic novel, there are some aspects of their work that are absolutely non-negotiable. Now today my guest is a first-time novelist whose recent debut, called Mrs March, blew my head off its hinges. Mrs. March is a character who lives on the very fancy and highbrow Upper East Side of Manhattan. She's married to a successful novelist, she dresses impeccably, and she leads what outwardly seems to be a very stylish and sophisticated life. Beneath the polish, however, she has allowed her anxieties and insecurities to do such a job on her mental state that she is barely able to function like a normal person, and it becomes a question of whether she'll be able to pull back from the edge, or if perhaps this atmosphere of panic and paranoia will take her over it completely. It's also very funny, and for all her troubles, Mrs. March is not a character who arouses much sympathy, which is what I'm hoping our guest can guide us through today. So I'd like to welcome from Madrid to talk about her five rules for writing an unlikable character, Virginia Fato. Virginia, welcome. Hi, and thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's a real pleasure, a real pleasure to talk to you. Now, you mentioned that the Times... Uh, described Mrs. March as a gloriously grotesque anti-heroine. What are your feelings about her? I, I, well, I mean, she's not very palatable, I have to say. Um, not a very uh, likable broad, as you would, <laughs> you British would say. Um, but I, I mean, I love, I love that they describe her as a, as gloriously grotesque. I mean, that's that sounds like a, a likable way to be unlikable, I guess, in and writing you- at least. And did you enjoy writing this character or was it a little disturbing for you? Oh, I enjoyed it immensely. I do. I do love, I love uh, unlikable characters. I mean, so they, I, they fascinate me. They fascinate me. I, I love likable characters as well. I mean, I'm, I, I love, you know, the sound of music occasionally or, or Disney films or what, what have you, but unlikable characters are just, I knew, I knew, I knew whatever I wrote, it was going to have to go through an unlikable character. It just fascinates me and how they got to be unlikable and the different ways that they're unlikable and why and the decisions that they make. So, right. Um, I mean, unlikable characters are fundamental to books, aren't they? If, it, if they were, if it weren't for unlikable characters, there would be no fiction. I mean, even in like you said, they mentioned the Sound of Music, but even that's got Nazis in it. You know, that's if true. it weren't for the unlikables, there wouldn't be many books. There'd be hardly any movies, just a few Disney films, perhaps Lassie. Um, but novelists <laughs> have, for decades, been told that their protagonists cannot be unlikable. Why is why has that been the case? That's absolutely true. And you were saying all these um, examples that you were pulling out, uh, Lassie, et cetera. Um, they, I, I don't necessarily think an unlikable character has to be a villain. Um, I, I, because, and then actually, you know, in the five rules, I hope to be um, differentiating how, you know, creating a, 
maybe more of a simplistic, you know, mustache twirling kind of villain who is just absolutely evil on all counts. Of course, nobody's going to like this person um, versus, you know, just a character that's a bit more morally ambiguous, maybe who does things that. And I think that's what really gets on people's nerves. I think people are readers or, you know, um, critics are um, maybe more used to the um, whole not two dimensional because some of them are really complex, but you know, the very obviously evil, unlikable character, whereas the more morally ambiguous, not Satan, but mm-hmm. still extremely grating characters get on people's nerves so much more. From Strong Words magazine, these are the five rules of writing. Okay, so let's have a look at these uh, these five rules. So this first rule is one that um, I think, you know, all authors would absolutely agree with. You say you have to read. You just have to read a lot. But, but you also specify your, your sort of um, sub-clauses that you have to read and watch a lot of unlikable characters. So you have to, you have to focus on this kind of, on, on unlikability. And it's, how do you, you know, what, what have you picked up from reading and write, reading and watching unlikable characters? I mean, I definitely think, I think any writer will say number one rule for anything is reading, reading a lot and absorbing a lot, watching a lot of, I don't know, art, movies, anything, um, music, what have you. Uh, in this case, you know, I, for me, um, and absolutely, this is my disclaimer, by the way, these are all of my, you know, personal rules that apply to me. I have to, I have to imbue myself with whatever it is I'm writing about at, at that moment. So I have to kind of obsess um, extremely over whatever topic or whatever character I'm writing about and try to absorb um, a lot of that thing constantly throughout my days, like kind of like an umbilical cord. So everything that goes into me is going to go into the book. So even if I were absorbing likable characters, I'd still find a way, try to find a way to filter, uh, you know, filter them so that I could um, twist them around in, in my writing and make something out of it that I can use. Mm-hmm. Um what has really impressed you with their with unlikability? I mean, it's, it's very paradoxical, isn't it? What what you know, liking someone for their unlikability. What what aspects of unlikability do you really like? I mean, it's really obviously it's very subjective. What uh, what one person dislikes might not be what another person dislikes. But but I do think there is this. Um, there, I fear there's a tendency now maybe to define unlikable characters, especially unlikable female characters, as this. There's this prototype for like gritty like uh, alcoholic uh, female cops with a history of trauma. I feel like, and people, I think there's a tendency to to define these characters as as unlikable, which I personally disagree with because in the end, you know, they they tend to um, just be very troubled, but they're very uh, good human beings at heart. So for me, those aren't (laughs) the most unlikable characters. For me, I don't know. I think it just has to be unredeemably, like morally uncool, (laughs) I think, because it's also, very unlikable characters nowadays I feel like they're always kind of cool you know like they're messy or they're gritty or they're even no matter how troubled they are they're they're just you can kind of picture them in like a photo shoot like through like a moorland or you know saving someone um um so those aren't the qualities that I'm looking I'm not looking for a hero I'm looking for just terrible kind of human beings and uh but it might vary. <laughs> I mean, those qualities that you decide you describe are very glamorous, aren't they? So, if, you know, I think so. I think so. And so, Mrs. March, for example, she's very uncool. She cares a lot. She cares a lot about people's opinions, and that's not that's not cool nowadays. So, I was very aware of that. You're not supposed to care what people think. Um, 
So I'm not supposed to confess that I've, you know, made up this Zoom corner that you're looking at right now, <laughs> specifically for this call. So that, yeah. Okay. Now, so, and then your second, your second rule, you say, don't be afraid. And I think this is a fantastic rule um, because there's nothing worse than timidity in writing, I think. So, so what do you, what uh, you say, don't be afraid that your characters are too unlikable. Don't be afraid of writing anything in general. You say you're not mm. trying to please your mother here. Yeah, exactly. so what, what do you mean about don't be afraid? I mean, generally writing with fear is always, I think, a terrible idea. Um, and it, I found this to be true, especially when, when I was writing Mrs. March, which was my first novel. And it was just, it was, it was so wonderful because I had nobody in mind. I was just writing for myself. Absolutely. I didn't, I think deep, deep down in the pit of my stomach, I, I thought that it would never, nobody would ever pick it up. No agent would ever want to represent me. And it would just, um, you know, I would die alone and penniless in a corner and nobody would read this book when it would be published. And so that gave me kind of a freedom to write whatever it was, anything, anything, you know, I wasn't afraid of making her too unlikable. I wasn't afraid about maybe um, um, poking a little bit at the mental illness um, theme, which is, you know, could be scary. I wasn't afraid of anything now that I'm writing. I'm starting my second one and I can picture, you know, my agent's face. I can picture my editors reading it. I can picture, you know, it's the whole, it's, and it's, it makes you kind of afraid. So don't be afraid. <laughs> Try not to be afraid when you're writing ever. Um, your art is probably not at its best when it thinks it's being observed. At least I know mine isn't. And, you know, and if it really is too much or it's too disagreeable or it's too whatever, um, I'm sure somebody down the line will, will let you know, you know, an agent or an editor. So, right. Um, I mean, there's a couple of things there. There's a number of people have said uh, before, you mustn't uh, be afraid, you know, imagine writing as if no one is ever going to read this. It's very, it's a very liberating thing, but, but are, are there boundaries do you find, you know, in film, they say you must never kill a child. You know, no one can come back from that. You know, how how do you know where the boundaries might be? That's interesting. What about Sophie's Choice? I don't know. Um, I, I don't think you should have them. Um, I don't think that's for the 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 person creating the art. Um, shouldn't have them if they think that that's what, you know, if they really want to. Because it would be so shameful, I think. I'd feel very stunted if I felt like, oh, no, you can't cross that line. And then, of course, all you want to do is cross that line. And I, I don't. Some of the best things that I've read. Again, this is very subjective, but I cannot imagine what people said to Brett Easton Ellis when he wrote *American Psycho*, a book that I love. I love it so much. I think I should um, probably, you know, get help. But, um, but oh, and it's horrible to read, and it's and it's very, very unlikable in general. But for some reason, it fascinates me because I think it's a wonderful work of art. Um, and so it'd be such a shame if we, you know, if we lost these because of boundaries, I don't know. And, and boundaries are so subjective. Right. I mean, I, I think, again, that's interesting because I, th I think, I think women like American psycho a lot more than men do. There's something that uh, women oh. find a lot funnier about American psycho than, than oh, men. I didn't know that. That's so interesting. Maybe it's yeah. kind of like the fear of, you know, because if there's going to be a, a psychopathic serial killer, usually they go after women. So maybe it's something about having control over the that narrative because you're reading it and you're it can't hurt you. I don't know. I'm I mean, it does go up to eleven, doesn't it? Uh, American Psycho. It is all sort of pushed absolutely as far as it can go. But how do you how do you get yourself, you know, to to take things as, you know, if you come up against something that makes you feel uncomfortable, to write, you know, where you do feel afraid, how do you get beyond it? 
I'm, I'm still struggling with that, to be honest, because there are things that I, I have a very hard time writing and, you know, nobody's forcing me to do it, but, um, uh, especially, I think the one thing that I'd have a lot of trouble writing would be, um, like an animal torture scene or something like that. I know it's like kill all of the babies, but don't touch the dog. Okay. That's where I get my, that's like my, to use a very millennial word trigger. Um, I, I would have a hard time, but I, I would want to try it if it scares me so much. I don't know. It's almost a therapy as well. To be honest, I had such a huge um, cockroach phobia and I wrote um, uh, Mrs. March, which is absolutely replete. It's full of cockroaches and and very vivid descriptions of my worst nightmare um, that I had to suffer through in my um, bathroom for years and years. And um, it was therapeutic. It was absolutely therapeutic. It got kind of pushed through it. And there was like a rage within me. I hated them. I hated them so much that I just, I, I kind of got over them a little bit. No, I didn't. I feel like, Oh God, is it on me? I feel like it's on me, but, but it helped. It helped. And, it helped. and with regards to being afraid, you, you also said, you know, you're not trying to please your mother here, but that is often a genuine sort of, um, I mean, maybe you are for writers, isn't it? Because, because at some point your mother, uh, if, you know, if one still has a mother is going to, is going to read this, uh, is going to read this book. And again, this is just me. Um, and I have a very special kind of mother. She's very, she's very, you know, she's quite old fashioned. She's very conservative. And she, so I couldn't help, you know, I, when I wrote the sex scene, I just, her face was like, uh, you know, I could just picture her face reading the scene. And I even talked to her about it a little bit. And she was like, oh, you know, I hate sex. Scene. Why do, why do, you know, why do movies and books have to include sex scenes? They're so vulgar. Everybody does it. Why can't you be original? Why do you have to write the sex scene? So, you know, in my case, maybe, maybe other people really don't care about their mother's opinion. I, I did care, but um you know, are you writing for, I mean, maybe you are writing for your mother. Again, this is, this is uh, each person to each their own. Maybe you do want to write a lovely um, book for your mother and that's super sweet. And that, and I, and I would love to read that to be honest and write one for her at some point. But um, yeah, in my case, not the best because I have a lot of darkness within me that I really want to explore. And so the two don't, and just to be fair, she loved the book. She loved it. So she read it like a thousand times and she's the most conservative person that I, that I know. So, um, Oh, that's good. Um, I mean, and it kind of brings us onto your third rule, you know, because you say, you know, talking about your own darkness that you felt the need to express, you say, admit your own unlikable traits to yourself. You know, it's a very, this is very, um, you know, uh, tough sort of uh, auto therapy going on here isn't it um, yeah that's me I can't be gentle just kind of like I smoke or I don't get sarcasm you say the ones that are hard to admit you things like I'm selfish or I resent my children or I'm jealous of my friends and I'm sure there are much you know tougher things as well uh, 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 tell me about some of the unlikable traits of your own in Mrs Mark oh so many I mean and and in my defense I hope that there I did blow them out of proportion but there are things that I hate about myself and and the reason why I think this is a helpful rule is that well first of all if you can look at these you can um, um, analyze these traits and um, put them into your work. I'm sure that your characters will be much more real to you. And they'll also kind of spur like an anger in you um, to either defend them or sympathize with them or, or, or not at all. In my case, I was kind of punishing myself for a lot of things that I do for for all of her social anxiety, uh, for example, and her constant overthinking. And although I haven't thrown like, um, you know, uh, I think she, she, I don't know what she, 
she throws like a, um, a cloth or something on, on the sofa to like over and over and over again so that it looks carefree in a natural kind of way. I haven't actually done that, but I would. I probably would. And I'd probably, you know, I'd fan like the magazines out in a certain way. And if people were coming, you know, I'd be uh, so appearances and things like that, especially with like material possessions or and then her obsessiveness and her me, me, me. I, I think I'm I'm very um, yeah, it's all about me all the time. And I'm very centered on myself and I'm very selfish, I think. But I'm funnier, I hope. And she okay. is. That's something she doesn't have humor. No, she doesn't. She's uh, I, I feel her. um just sort of general nervousness about everything forbids any humor to creep in. You know, you have to be a little bit self-aware, I think, to have a sense of humor. And she's exactly she's that's something she, yeah, that's, that's a trait that I really don't like when people are not self-aware, they're not self-critical or they're not, mm. yeah. Can't joke about themselves. Um, now, one, of, one of my favorite rules of all time about writing is something that George Orwell said, which is that an, an autobiography is only to be trusted when it reveals something disgraceful. Mm. Because it, only then, you know, are people really being truly honest about themselves that, you know, this process of having to put down on paper, externalize something which is truly sort of shameful or, or embarrassing. And I think it applies to fiction as well. You know, this this uh, this is very much admitting your most unlikable traits mm. to yourself. You're doing something, saying something disgraceful. Did you did you ever get that far with Mrs. March, do you think? That's really interesting. But in my case, um, I think I learned from a very early age um, to be that if I was very self-critical or harsh with myself, um, I, it was less probable that other people would be. So if I laughed at something that I felt embarrassed about, like, oh, my nose is crooked or, you know, from a very young age, um, I think having two older brothers um, definitely helped in this arena where, you know, if they'd laugh at me for something and I'd laugh back harder. Um, so I think I have a compulsion to be too honest with my faults, maybe as a defense mechanism. So in my autobiography it would be crazy. It would be just like everything horrible, you know, I'd be talking about things nobody wants to know and very personal and very private and very wrong, um, just as a sort of, um, just so nobody can laugh at me first. Mm. I'll do it first. Because that, I mean, that's, it, those are the things that actually, they're the things that people want to know, aren't they? The things that you're, that make you most uncomfortable, that you're most embarrassed about, your darkest secrets, as it were. And so when it comes to unlikability, you know, there, there are sort of, likable unlikables aren't there the thing the kind of flaws that are appealing to people uh, and that but the, you know they make you interesting to others but then there are genuinely unlikable unlikables you know things right. that you do that people might find either disgusting or um you, you know what what you know why should, yeah. why should you do that you know kind of thing how do you can how do you know the difference or you don't, I think. And I think it really depends. It goes from person to person. Um, I might, yeah, d defend or, or explain. I mean, also when you're writing, I think some readers do sympathize with Mrs. March and all of them usually uh, sympathize with her because I've gone a little bit into her um, backstory or her history. So I think sometimes the likable and likables come out when you're explaining how they got to be that way I suppose mm. and then people are more willing to be forgiving um yeah I mean I suppose people feel sort of a bit sorry for her don't they rather than um uh, some do but I I mean I must say <laughs> others are just <laughs> they're very upset <laughs> and uh <laughs> wow um yes some some do but not 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 that many and um 
yeah, and and some and even professional um, reviews have kind of found her a little bit too uncharitable. Uncharit- some uh, one review said something about how you know you because they're always they're always like I like unlikable characters, but you know, <laughs> but <laughs> this is going too far. Or you know, if they're too unlikable, this review was suggesting uh, the reader will lose interest. Uh, which I don't agree with at all, no, um, no. personally. I mean, look at Succession, who hasn't, you know, it's, it's a huge hit. I mean, name one, <laughs> well, name one likable character in that. Quite. But, uh, and you also say your rule four, which I think is, uh, so this is a question of your, well, your rule is essentially write a character study, you say, which is, so you, you say your character is actually the plot. And I think it's a really good point that, uh, you know, it's one thing to have this sort of basket of psychological phenomena, these these traits, you know, these flaws, but they've still got to move in a direction, haven't they? They can't just exist like jelly. Uh, yeah. Oh, I mean, that sounds lovely when you describe it that way. Um, but sorry, go go on. No, it's just how do you how do you how do you do it? How do you turn them into action? Right. I, for, I, for me, I just, I am so fascinated by characters and psychology and even, even the most plot heavy works. Um, I don't know that pops to my head, Game of Thrones, for example, uh, I think there's a lot of it. The, its success stems from the characters and the, the, the subplots of character arcs um, developing and in come spouting from decisions, very, very radically different um, contrasting decisions that each different character makes uh, when they're put in a difficult position. I think that that, that's something that absolutely fascinates me. So for me, a character is really secretly the plot. And and with Mrs. March, again, a a lot of readers were disappointed because they thought they'd be getting into a a very, you know, action-packed sort of thriller or a very kind of um, mysterious, you know, well, the ones that we love to read and and I love them as well, but that was never my intention secretly. Uh, I just wanted to write uh, a plot where actually it's the characters unraveling and and where she's coming from and where she's going and where she kind of ends up and the mystery is a little bit more about her who is she and what her identity is and what she's like and why uh and then the thriller was kind of a you know i cheated <laughs> you mean with the 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 uh thinking that her husband right somebody she yeah she suspects her husband there's kind of this mystery is her husband you know gaslighting her has he actually has he murdered this young woman in in maine where he um happens to go on hunting trips uh in that exact same area so you know i i yeah i lied to you all um that was never important (laughs) but it's it's entirely plausible isn't it that she does go off on this kind of lunatic sort of investigative trip you know because the whole book is in the in the head of this very strange unbalanced woman and uh so once you sort of you know establish that you know she really is she's you know un- incapable of uh reigning this uh this anxiety in to any to lead any kind of normal life so you, anything is possible right so how did you work out this voice you know this perspective of this really odd person 
Well, the, the, I, 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 this is going to sound very pretentious because I've only ever written one book, but I'm just going to throw it out there. Yeah. Um, when I write books, <laughs> um, whenever I write a novel, um, the first thing I have to, well, the first thing might be, you know, the idea of it or whatever, but the most important thing is the voice of the book itself. So in this case, it was a very, you know, it's it's in third person, so it's a narrator. It's not inside her head, literally, but uh, but it was very. I could feel the narration being very prim and very, you, you know, um, almost mocking in tone, almost satirical in tone, and that would kind of humiliate this character further. Um, and and using you know a lot of inspiration from older books and the Highsmiths and the Shirley Jacksons and the way that they used to talk, they talked in a very clipped sort of uh, dialogue or the, the, the books rather um, were written with dialogues that were very clipped and very economical, you know, language. And, and I kind of took all of those things and mixed them up. And, and that was the, the voice of the book rather than the voice of the character, which sometimes might be the same thing if it's, especially if it's first person, but in this case, um, I don't know if I'm answering your question. I feel like I'm rambling. Uh, <laughs> steer me back, <laughs> steer me back. Um, so, um, but also, it just uh, it kind of connects with your fifth point, where you say mix it up. Um, you know, so so having sort of established this, uh, you know, fantastic sort of tone, you say uh, it's it's really important to you to think of just as many ways as possible to, you know, you say how can you use language, character qualities, setting, plot, in a way that feels fresher, because un mm -hmm. you also say unlikable characters, especially women, are very in just now. So as this uh, as this field becomes more competitive, how mm. can you how can you sort of stay ahead of it by mixing it up? Right. So, I, I mean, yeah, the, find a way. This is, I mean, again, a rule for me where uh, and I, especially I was I was I wanted to steer clear of being too derivative you know, of all these um, works that were inspiring me, as I mentioned, the Patricia Highsmith and the with Tom Ripley and Shirley Jackson stories and everything, uh, the yellow wallpaper. So I wanted to kind of mix up a little bit. I don't know, either either the language felt a little bit too satirical or um, I used a lot of descriptive, very graphic um, disagreeable, you know, images talking about, I don't know, urine or, um, you know, pubic hair or, um, violence of blood and, you, you know, to mix it up, mix it up. I don't know to use either language or setting or plot in a way that doesn't feel like you've seen it before. Um, and I use it as an example there, Otessa Moshfeg, uh, one of my most favorite writers, uh, she's kind of the queen of the unlikable character. I mean, if you read any short story Otessa Moshfeg has ever written, it's just, it's just, whoa. I mean, she she has no fear when she's writing. She writes characters that are absolutely disgusting and I love them and I love reading them. And she she's written, she wrote two novels, wholly unique, um, Eileen and My Year of Rest and Relaxation. They're absolutely different. They differ in mood, that voice that we were talking about. They each feel like they've been, I mean, you can tell it's the same author behind them, but they're very different in terms of style and tone and setting. Um, uh, one of them is set in the 60s, I believe, and the other one couldn't be, uh, you know, more 2000 and then Twin Towers. I mean, she, she, she manages to, to create darkness and unlikability out of any situation, which I find, you know, I would applaud. Um, mm. And, and likewise in, in movies or TV shows, you can see, you right. know, the, the breaking bad or the successions or the, um, 
Maravistown, although again, going back to the first point, I don't think Maravistown is unlikable, but I think we've we've fallen into this this void of okay. gritty, gritty woman being unlikable characters just well, because I, they're I haven't seen the Mayor of East Town because it's on uh, I think it's on Amazon Prime in this country and uh, I, I refuse to have anything to do with Amazon Prime uh, you know so uh, so I haven't seen it but um, oh that's a shame but uh, you're you are on board for the movie adaptation of your own book right you when I spoke to you before you were you were um, down to write the script so unless anything has changed presumably you're still doing that how does how does that how do you make the character unlikable for a movie is it different to um, writing a novel it absolutely is in it because a lot of it depends on the actor playing the the character and in this case I could not be happier I can't believe that and I'm just I'm going to call Elizabeth Moss unlikable for a second but hear me out it's because she I think she is the character the the, the modern actress that is most that that loves to transform into someone horrible with more most gusto that I've seen in a very long time um you know since I know Betty Davis comes to mind because she will she's not your average I don't know twinkly you know and she's a she's a very very beautiful very happy sort of person when I met her on zoom I freaked out because I was expecting a very because all her characters are very intense and they're very dramatic and you know I could I felt like maybe she would yell and, and spit would fall out of her mouth and like an eyelash would drop off but no she was she's absolutely lovely and she's just she's an actress who is very drawn to parts that are very complex and mm. and pretty gross a lot of times and and characters that are very unlikable in many ways and um and I couldn't be happier and a lot of it I think depends on on her. This is my way of, of getting out of, you know, if the script is a, an absolute failure and just horrible, it's not my fault. It's Elizabeth Moss's fault. Well, it's interesting <laughs> that you should compare her to Betty Davis because she absolutely is a, a an actress who, who you rarely see without everything about her saying, you know, every sort of posture she's in, every expression mm. she has, it says, I don't like you. She's just mm. telling people, I don't like you with every... You know, she doesn't need to say the words. She just you can just tell that she doesn't like who she's talking to. Absolutely. And yeah. and you're not gonna like me, I feel right. like is the <laughs> Yes. So that in itself is really unlikable, isn't it? If you see somebody who just can't stand to look at other people. Absolutely. You kind of think, well, they're just full of uh, they're full of negativity. Yeah. Yep. And um and I guess it all goes from there. But uh so, so any more news on when this uh, film is likely to appear? No news, I'm afraid. Uh, I'm just happy that I haven't been, yeah, officially um, fired yet. So uh, <laughs> if if anything comes up, I will definitely let you know. But no, no news. Um, I, I think I'm 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 starting. I'm learning that these things go pretty slowly over right. there in Hollywood. I mean, it's yeah, it's a, productions depend on a lot of things and a lot of people and a lot of schedules. Um, and Elizabeth Moss is the most hardworking person ever. If you look at her IMDb, she has like seven projects going on at once. I don't know how, I don't know how she's going to do it. Um, so I'll, I'll just patiently waiting in my well, corner. Even if it's a fraction as good as the book, it's going to be uh, sensational. So oh, best of luck with that. And um uh, best of luck with Mrs. March, the book. I hope everybody buys it and it finds the, finds the gigantic audience it deserves. Oh, thank Virginia, you so much. thank you so much for talking to me. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. From Strong Words magazine, 
These are the five rules of writing. 